Hello and welcome to Groton Guardsmen, a 40k podcast where we aim to keep you up to date with the latest news and help you most uh, help you to get the most out of your hobby. So today we have our first special guest on the podcast, and Nick joins us uh, all the way from Michigan, all the way from the other side of the pond. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess intro. Um, or, uh... Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I've been around Warhammer for about 20-some-odd years. Um, Collected Inquisition, then Imperial Guard, and now Mechanicus. And I run a Discord that we just recently passed 13,000 people. We are the largest Warhammer community on Discord. Very nice. So you would definitely consider yourself an Imperial player. Yes, very much so. (laughs) Good man. Proud and loyal. Though my mechanicus, oh, no. my mechanicus homebrew is a little bit less so. They're they're pragmatists, I guess is the oh, way to call okay. it. Ah. All right. <laughs> well, it is absolutely lovely to have you join us here today. Happy to be here. And I'm sure, with all of your vast experience, not only in the Discord but in the hobby, you'll be able to provide a fantastic extra point of view for our listeners. Hundred percent. Right. So, um, shall we start with? this week's news yes that and sounds have... like a good place to start so we will kick off with the most recent rumor engine which i completely missed if i'm honest so this will be the april 27th rumor engine i believe so guys what do you think we are looking at here one of the prettiest models to come out in a long time honestly it's fantastic i mean so, yeah I... What, what oh we... wait you said the rumor engine sorry <laughs> look i was stuck looking at the sister Uh, (laughs) yeah we'll get on to the sister sorry yeah Yeah, sorry no spoilers or anything like that but maybe sisters Uh, yeah there might be a sister being released so uh yeah rumor engine it's a staff with an eye on it what do we reckon this is going to be could be anything (laughs) (laughs) this is absolutely definitely not a zinch wizard (laughs) i am personally imperial Always of the opinion that every rumor engine is Mechanicus until it's proven otherwise. Because mm-hmm. you can use anything for anything with them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's some like nutter tech priest out there somewhere that's like, mm, I can make use of this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, definitely definitely something Zinchian. It looks fun. I mean there's the big eye in the middle of the spiky stuff. And I think there's not really a lot we can say about it because there's not lots of details. But one thing I am picking up on is it doesn't actually seem that big. Do you not think? Towards uh, the bottom of it, there's sort of a rivet like holding it into the, the pole. And I think that's really not that massive. Well, it could be a really big rivet. It, I don't know. That kind of says character model to me, personally. Yeah, mm. I, think it's, I think it's probably some sort of relatively small character. Yeah, minor character like um, some kind of chaos sorcerer, I would guess, or maybe some demon. Like, it, yeah, it could be on a marine or something, but I don't think it's anything bigger than that. Yeah, I think I would probably agree with you. To be honest, there's not a lot else it could be. Is there anything we're hoping for? Uh, no. <laughs> Honestly, I have no idea what um, other factions might want. So maybe it's just a, another wizard for chaos, and they'll all be really happy about it. <laughs> This yeah, is I, mean, the, I can't um, argue with that. New stylistic direction of the Imperium. <laughs> Chaosy. Yeah, we've been overrun. <laughs> well, I mean, it could be the Dark Imperium. The Imperium Noctis. That's what the new mm. style is over on the other side of the... <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
mean, I would totally be down for some Dark Empyrean, but uh, I highly doubt we're going to go into that. I mean, there is a... Actually, we'll, we'll get on to the Warhammer Fest things. I won't talk about that just yet. But shall we move on to our sister that we alluded to? Yes, that was totally intentionally an illusion, rather than me getting excited about a cool model. I love it. It's one of the prettiest model I've, models I've seen in a long time. There you go, it's there's really my review. Pretty. Yeah. <laughs> I think also, this is it's not just that it's pretty. I think when you look at the banners of various armies, I think this is by far the best modeled banner anywhere. Yeah, the gathering yep. up of the, the fabric mm-hmm. looks very natural. Unlike a lot of banner bearers, she's still carrying a sword. Mm-hmm. She's going to fuck stuff up and carry a flag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I was about to pick up on that, the way she's holding that flag. All of the other times you've seen flags have either been like fluttering in the wind or whatever flags do, or just kind of dangling. That actually looks like fabric. They've done a really good job on yeah. that one. It does. They, they often look just like a piece of cardboard strapped to a pole. <laughs> oh, they look like what <laughs> they are. The they just look like plastic. And... If you guys, I don't know if you guys have actually carried a standard around before, but this is so realistic. It the the way yep. it falls and hangs, and the way she's holding it, so it doesn't just like flap in her face as as she gets stabbed or something. I think this is just a fantastically yeah, well done model. It also kind of brings in the whole like imperial faith of the sisters. She's holding her symbol close, symbolically, rather yeah. than. Just holding it high. There's, there's, it's something more than just She's a holding flag. it to her chest, isn't she? So it's like this yep. means a lot to me. Yeah, yeah. I really over that's her heart. Good point. Yeah, to her heart. That's a fantastic model. I, even I like sisters. Their new model range is fantastic. But I might just get this mm-hmm. just to just to make it, just to paint it. <laughs> it would be. I love painting some banners. You could you could do a little bit of freehand here and there on that banner, and it's just such a lovely platform to do something with in terms of paint. It's fantastic. And also, the uh, two other things I'd say about it are, firstly, as always, you can give it those gorgeous Sisters of Battle Sally helmets, which I adore. I think they look fantastic. I'd probably go for that helmet. But also, there's her, her sword looks fantastic. There's Pius stamped down the side, and the hilt looks really nice. She's actually decked out in that regard. She's got her sword, and she's got a pistol on her hip. She does. Um, she looks like someone who's ready to fight. And I have to agree, yeah, a salad helm would go well. The The back shot looks like she might actually come with a helmet option. Yes, I believe she does get the option uh, of she, a helmet. She does. Later on, it shows the helmet. Oh, does yes. it? Cool. That further down, yeah, yeah. So we definitely have a helmet, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah it's just a gorgeous model. The face looks good, too. Um, GW's finally starting to get reliably good at female faces. <laughs> So when do we think we'll have them in the guard kit? <laughs> ah, oh, not for uh, another twenty years at least. Someday, uh, we'll someday uh, when guard gets a new uh, infantry update. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm I'm tempted to do a feature episode just talking about the future of guard, but we'll get honestly, into that another time. I can say um, my prediction, my hot take: there's good. The next guard kit is going to include women because the current like front runner for the guard storyline is. Um, a woman. I forget her name right now. But the Cadian Honor and Cadian Blood series um, are all about the girl up front. She's a great character. They're setting her up to be like somewhat important in the setting too. So yeah, I think it's coming. Cool. Well, we've we've had women in the Imperial Guard for a long time. There's like I think part of it was started through uh, the introduction of Lieutenant 
called Lieutenant Moira in the Space Marine game, and everyone loved her as a character. She was fantastic. Oh, yeah. So now we've got Severina Rain as a commissar and uh, Ripper Jackson as well as that character that came out. So there's there's more and more coming in, but we do just need some <laughs> some women in our normal guard. Yeah, I mean they've always been canon in the guard. They've just never had any kind of representation on in the models, and they're a faction that it makes mm-hmm. sense to have lots of representation in. Yep, it doesn't make sense not. If to. the Imperium does one thing, it's not discriminate against humans, <laughs> at least. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, hang on. <laughs> You've got arms and legs. You can carry a flashlight for the Emperor and all that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so maybe our final uh, news article, or not necessarily news actually, but events, because we'd like to try and cover a few events uh, when we can, is is it next week uh, on the 3rd? Warhammer Fest is taking place in an online form. Indeed, it starts on the 3rd, is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It starts yep. on the 3rd of whatever month is next, May. That's the May. one, it starts on the 3rd of May. <laughs> And uh, we'll be carrying on until the 8th, yeah. So I believe yeah. the 40k portions of it are going to be on the 4th and 7th, is it? I can't actually pull the yes, article up because yes. my internet's dying at the moment. But 4th so and 7th I've... are going to be the 40k related days. Yeah, so so Monday the 3rd they're doing a load of uh, AOS type things. 4th, as you said, is 40k. 5th is Black Library, so hopefully we'll get some spicy new stories there. 6th is Boxed Games, so you know there's there's still things that we might see. In for 40k on that day, seventh is again 40k, which is awesome for me because two days filled with 40k releases means there's got to be some chunky stuff there. And oh, yeah, Saturday the eighth is just a mystery. I mean, and I know people that think that the eighth is going to be even more 40k. I feel like there will be something 40k related, no matter what. Mm-hmm. But my personal prediction, it's going to be a new specialist game. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd I'd maybe agree with that. I'm hoping, praying for Battlefleet Gothic. With the video games oh, having been oh, so oh, successful, oh, I yes. have been praying that that will, will come back, because those games have done so well. <laughs> we did discuss Battlefleet Gothic slightly uh, last week, in last week's podcast, when we chatted yes. about a few video games, and it's okay, so a great game. Top 5 40k video games, and it is a fantastic game, and from all accounts, the old like tabletop version of Battlefleet Gothic was pretty decent. So see it kind of come back would be, you know, it'd be phenomenal. Agreed. There'd be a... Uh... There was a thing we used to do at my old my old table way back when, where we did a combined arms game with Battlefleet Gothic, Kill Team, Apocalypse, and oh god, what was it called? Um, Attack in the Skies or something like that, where all aircraft, all spacecraft, mm-hmm. and everything you won gave you a benefit on the Apocalypse table. Oh, <laughs> that sounds like a fantastic way of running a campaign. I love it. So being able to recreate that finally with rules that aren't incredibly dated would be amazing <laughs> yeah awesome yeah totally agree um, with you the only setting you can really do that with at the moment is the uh, ffg star wars range and mm-hmm. uh, it'd just be really nice to see that in something else like 40k i mean we have like titanicus and aeronautica and exactly oh, oh yeah we are getting we're representing no, I was just saying we are absolutely getting there. We're getting all of the various facets of war that are in the 40k universe. We just need space combat. That's all. That's all that's left. Yep. Void combat in 40k. Just, that's what we want. That's all I want. Just give me some spaceships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Void ships. So that's be, that's our guess maybe ships. for for the mystery. That's what I hope. What are we What are we hoping? So my obviously, I think we're going to get um, the finalized sort of release of the Admet Codex. 
I think they're going to drop the sis- some sisters news. And I think the Friday maybe is just going to be all orc stuff, which I am super pleased about. <laughs> and, That'd uh, be awesome. Orcs, orcs need it, I think. We have recorded at this time a feature episode just of me talking about what orc stuff I think is going to come out. And oh. Yeah, there's, there's. If you look into the trailers and some of the news we've been given, you, we can guarantee like five, six kits or whatever. Oh, um, good lord! So they're going to get yeah. the same sort of glow up that the Necrons did, hopefully. By the looks of things, yeah, very, very possibly. So very soon, hopefully in the next couple of days, we'll be giving you that feature episode just talking about orcs. Um, so that's what I want to see. But I'm wondering, is there anything 40k that you two want to see coming out? There's a lot of stuff that I'd like to see coming out, like I don't know, a rehaul of the entire guard range. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What do you think uh, you is likely for you to see? And not not <laughs> the entire card range. <laughs> I think what's most likely is we're going to get another half a dozen Space Marine kits. Maybe a Xenos kit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it depends on what we see in the first two days. Like what we see on the first day is going to really determine everything else. Yeah. Maybe. If we get Space Marines first day, then the next day will be all about someone other than space marines maybe multiple factions um personally i'm praying for inquisition they've been slowly fleshing out the line a little bit more and more giving them little half-baked rules i'm hoping that a few cool inquisitor models i have them a a good few of them and that's the only thing that's been keeping my flagging hope alive that i might one day get a codex again (laughs) and they're very nice models as well i've been tempted they are they're great to paint too Mm, definitely Especially all the Blackstone Fortress stuff that could easily be turned into that, or count, I suppose, would be would be good. Yeah, yeah. But what do I think is actually most reasonable? There's been a lot of mutterings about Eldar in a lot of like the the leak circles, which ninety nine percent of the time are like BS. But uh, it's yeah, yeah. I have seen a rumor engine fairly recently that's quite Eldar like, so I'm not sure. Yeah. There's, I don't think that one's got any kind of like. I've heard from the birds and bees that several Eldar kits are um, sculpted and ready to go, and they have been that way for quite a few years. They need it. Honestly, like, yeah. if there's any faction in the game that needs that kind of love, it's the Eldar. They, like, one of their main infantry choices is old enough to drink, and that's just <laughs> unacceptable. <laughs> honestly. US drink or UK drink? US, sorry. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's even worse <laughs> for you guys. Yeah, um, their aspect warriors are such, they're great models in their own respect, but so much of that product line just has, is falling by the wayside. Well, the new Banshees are beautiful. They are. Um, which yeah, they've got maybe maybe it would be worth taking a look at the sales statistics for those Banshees to see if that's the reason they're holding off, but I thought they were fantastic, so I assume a lot of people bought them. Yeah, it's one of those things when it comes to sales, right? Mm, if um, it doesn't his... work, I understand why they're not, but... But then it kind of turns into the chicken and the egg situation. Are they not selling well because people aren't getting support for them? Because people don't know they exist? Or do they not sell well because nobody wants to play space elves? Who knows? Mm -hmm. (laughs) My exposure to the hobby says the former, not the latter. I agree. Yeah, I definitely (laughs) agree. (laughs) Wraith stuff is way too cool to not be played. It certainly is. (laughs) And I've seen some gorgeous freehand on, on the Wraith stuff as well oh yeah it's such a nice platform again to paint so right shall we move on to our next section uh yes i think that would be a good idea so i believe we'll be moving on to the hobby section in the hobby hole this week our topic of discussion is 
staying motivated with your hobby and dealing with your pile of shame. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, this could be a contentious one. Which for all my years, I, I don't have a pile of shame, I swear. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah. I feel like actually we should give a quick definition. Your pile of shame, for those of you that are fairly new to the hobby, is the pile of unbuilt or unpainted miniatures that you have waiting, which for many people ends up being ginormous. Much easier to buy models than it is to build and paint them. Exactly. <laughs> I think yeah. a problem a lot of people in the hobby have is, particularly coming into the hobby, you think, oh yeah, well, I can get through a model maybe maybe a model per painting session, and then you just keep buying models without painting them. So I know I can get through these yep. fairly quickly, and then you just get to a point where it's like, I have too many models to paint. And so you, you start to get intimidated by the pile that's there, and yeah. it kind of becomes a self-fulfilling cycle after a little while. My, uh, my workaround for the pile of shame has been, since I've, only, I've gotten into only converting over the years rather than just building for armies, is everything I buy, I just buy for bits, explicitly. So I don't have a pile of shame, uh-huh. I have parts. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so mech, we've got some bits. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, all right, so why don't we first start with motivation? And how do you like to address painting and working on your models? How do you stay motivated, especially when you've got a, an idea that you really love and want to get done, but you just keep thinking, oh, not today, not today? For me, right? It's kind of a a situation where progress begets progress. If you are working on painting, you're going to keep working on painting. It's just like anything else, working out, eating better. The moment you stop painting for a week, you're going to take a month break, typically. So the best thing that I've, I've found to do in terms of getting motivation and staying there is just you force yourself to paint for three days in a row. Don't have to do it for long. Spend 15 minutes putting a single coat of paint on one model. But then do it again tomorrow, do it again tomorrow, and share those pictures of your works in progress at whatever community you participate in. Once other people start to see your progress, you start to get that positive emotional feedback on your on your models, assuming you're surrounding by yourself with positive people. <laughs> and then you start to get that feedback loop of, I'm making progress, it feels good, I'm going to keep making progress. And if you ever start to get hung up on a certain project, you just take a break. You switch to something that's simpler. If you've spent three years with a Caradron airship trying to get that completed, spend some time making infantry. You only need to put three colors and a wash on. Don't at me like that. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty brutal. I like it. (laughs) Yeah, just the the process of keeping keeping yourself active and holding yourself accountable. And if you can't do it just by yourself, tell your friends you want it. Many people will be more than happy to remind you, especially if they like your models and you have cool ideas. Yeah, I think what you've heard on with just keeping it going, keeping like a fairly constant stream of like, oh, I'll paint something today. It doesn't need to be for long. You know, yep. like you said, one coat minutes. paint is good. Just drill it's it a really routine. good mindset to have. Make it, yes, make it a part of you every day and you'll just keep doing it naturally, I suppose. Yep, and some days you'll get the bug and you'll want to paint a whole lot. You'll sit down and you'll do it for two hours and you'll realize it's 11 o'clock at night suddenly mm-hmm. and you've ruined your sleep for the rest of the week. But it was worth it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I have a my my system is I've actually got a calendar that I keep up, and I try and make sure I have at least two painting sessions a week, and never fail that. And realistically, I often have way more than that. Um, 
I'm one of these people that, like you said, I'll sit sit down, start painting, and oh dear, I've I've spent <laughs> a lot longer than two hours sometimes. Especially with characters and things, I can sit there and have a twelve-hour painting session or something on one guy and be like, "Yeah, he's beautiful." It's like, oh, um, I, I missed that one small detail. He has a belt buckle. One second, let me go back and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like another half hour later after doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and I love it. And my calendar, I think, is one way that I do it, and it really helps. And you don't necessarily have to have like really high amounts of stuff that you're churning through. Like, you don't have to paint like hundreds of points every week. I think nope. you know you can set your own standards. So if it's like you know, even if it is a case of slap a coat of paint on, that's fine. Just mm-hmm. so long as you keep doing it, and then you'll keep yourself to it, and you'll make really good progress. For that, there's something that I always it's it's kind of a thing. I recommend folks don't judge their their own painting off of other people. Don't judge your middle by someone else's end, as it oh, were. Very much, very much. And so uh, if you're ever like you feel like you're not making enough progress, go to a local LGS or a GW store if you have one around, and watch someone play a game and see how many people have completely unpainted armies. And then think about the fact that Ooh. that one coat of paint you put on three infantry last night is more than that person has done, and they're out there. There is a difference when you see painted armies on the table versus grays. I have nothing to get. Like, not everybody has the time to paint an entire army, but I understand. Like, yeah. there is a difference when you play against a a themed, colored army, even if it's just one coat of paint and a wash. It makes mm-hmm. such a difference for telling the story of these games. Well, I think you've hit on something really big there that's not comparing or not judging your painting by someone else. Because Mm -hmm. the thing is, as well, like you've been in the hobby 20 years. I've been in the hobby 12, 13 years, something like that. Um, And so someone that's someone that's only been in the hobby for a year or two, like how if if they're judging themselves based on like our models or something, then that's there's no way they'll have got to that standard because I've been doing it half my life. You know what yep. I mean? <laughs> so really, you should always compare it to your previous model, which is yep. I'll, I'll put it up. I found I've had a really recent example actually. So last night I was painting a power sword on a Skatari, and I think it, I looked at it and because I I often view really nice models, uh, and I was comparing it to some of Darren Latham's stuff. I think it was, and he he's a fantastic miniature painter. He does loads of stuff for GW, and he has the smoothest, most gorgeous power swords. And I was thinking, oh, that's not actually not really that great. And then I compared it to a power sword I did in the same style about a couple of years ago, maybe. Wow, the the, the difference is so big that it really motivated me. And I thought, wow, I've I've seen myself improve so much that this is really good. I don't need to compare myself to anyone else. I can see that I'm getting better and I'm actually really pleased with what I'm doing now. And it's a great that's, feeling. That's like the best part about like painting squads. It's also the worst part about painting squads, conversely. But as you start, like you do this squad, you just worked on seven or eight, maybe 10 or 20 if you're playing orcs models. Yeah. <laughs> um, and by the first model you finish, by the end of that squad, you'll see a notable difference. Model to model to model to model. As you fall into the, you find your patterns, you find your comfort, your comfortable ways to hold your brush and your model, it just starts to get easier. Mm-hmm. And as you get more confident, you start to do things more simply. You don't get get in your own head that's what stops a lot of people from painting it's why i didn't paint any of my models for the first like 10 years that i was in warhammer i was i couldn't do it i I couldn't paint that's for that's for people who have way more talented than me and then i learned that talent is a myth Uh Um, exactly (laughs) certainly something i've been struggling with like um for i've I've been in the hobby for a good few years now and i've 
not really ever painted a full army at this point, and only since starting my current Space Marine collection, I've thought, right, they don't have to be like you know display level models. I can just have tabletop level models. Don't worry about it. Nobody's going to look at them that much. And when you get that mentality, you start painting them more and more, and you get better at it. And then you think, oh, actually, maybe I'll give edge highlighting a go. So you give it a go, and you get better and better at that. And you, as you see yourself improve that way, you, you end up with a painted army, and your models get better and better, and your painting gets better and better. So to a point, it's just starting and actually getting some paint on a model. I find. Yep. And but, even when I look back at some of my original orc boys from my very first orcs, I have... Even though they're they're very simple, they're just like a few base coats and that's it. I still like them. I actually fielded some of my very earliest boys. Like I said, they were just that. The, my first ever orcs. I fielded them the other day, <laughs> and I was like, "These are amazing! Oh, yeah. I love them." Even because it shows contrast. I could look from one squad of boys that I painted recently and be really proud and pleased of them, and then look at the old ones and think, "Oh, I've come on so far." I, even now, I keep those boys and I love them because it shows me how far I've come. Never, ever, ever throw out your first models. Don't repaint them. Mm-hmm. Don't strip them. If you're new to the hobby, keep them, no matter what. Even if you get out of the hobby someday, keep them. Because if you ever get back in or you ever start to do other painting, they will provide you with that starting point. Mm-hmm. And you can look at it with that, whatever you're working on. And it, it's a, it's something special. I, gave, I made the mistake of selling mine a long time ago. It's the one thing I regret in this hobby. <laughs> it's a shame to hear but um, yeah good advice maybe very yeah. solid advice if we have nothing to add on motivation uh, maybe oh, we should no, talk I... about oh sorry go on go on, uh, <laughs> go on. Uh, stop you. It's, it's kind of ties into both of them but an idea i've seen i think it was on uh the youtubers snipe and whip might not know them but anyway there's youtubers called snipe and whip and uh one of them does this thing where he records each month how many models he's purchased and how many models he's painted, and he tallies them up at the end of a year. <laughs> and he always tries to, Ooh. basically, he's working through it so that he never buys more models than he's painted. Yep, it's kind but of a, that... you're working yourself, you're shaming yourself to a, yeah, to a degree. Yes. This is you know, the I, started, <laughs> I started, not that long ago, I moved house, and I started an Excel document of all the models I owned, like entirely, and then all the ones that were painted, all the ones that were built, and all the ones that were on sprues. And I couldn't actually finish it. <laughs> I couldn't actually finish <laughs> making that document in the end, because there were just so many unpainted models everywhere that I'd keep having to go back to it and amend the document. And the statistics would get worse and worse as I found models I forgot I owned and things. And it was like, oh, this is bad. This is something that I have to deal with as a problem. Just the, the feeling of looking back and saying, ah, I do have that many to paint. Mm. <laughs> like it's definitely in the thousands. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oof. And you clip um, them off the sprout, throw them in the bits box, and they are fodder for something later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think these are my conversion supplies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so how um we'll start with you, Nick. What's your fix for uh or what's your solution to your pile of shit? Oh, I guess your bits box maybe, but yeah, well, so that's kind of a tongue-in-cheek one, right? Mm-hmm. But my personal solution, and it kind of comes from like running and operating my Discord server, is we have a we have two things that we do on the server. One is Whip Wednesdays, which is today. I will be posting something in there at some point now that I'm home. Mm-hmm. 
and where everybody, we have a channel dedicated to it, everybody goes in there and posts a model. Um, whatever you're working on. If it's one coat of paint, if it's no coats of paint, you post in there so that way you, there's still, you have that, that drive. You have some other people you're working together with, even if it's just remotely, and we're all very supportive of one another in that regard. Then there's the other part of it, which is our hobby buddies tag, which Discord tags, um, which is whenever anybody who is one of the hobby buddies is making progress or working on something, they tag all the hobby buddies and post what they're working on. And then uh. people will join in because it sucks to paint alone. I paint when I'm on on chat with my buddies and I throw on my um, throw on my headset and start going. And that makes it so much easier when you know, even if it's just emotionally, you know, you're not doing it alone and you have someone who you can bounce off of and say, oh, yeah, I just put this uh, this coat of, in my case, my ad are purple and blue. I just put this coat of purple on this and I'm about to wash it and I think it's going to look great. And you share it and then they share theirs and you start going back and forth. It just makes it takes it from being a, a kind of rote task that you're doing because you want to build through your your backlog to something that you're enjoying doing because you enjoy the the process you enjoy the the stuff you're doing um which i guess that's that's part of it is just cultivating the desire to do it whatever that may be i uh, there's a guy one of my friends who he has a app called habatica which is a it's a social planning thing that it's its whole bit is gamify your life where you tell it what tasks you want to do. And whenever you check the task off for the day, you get experience and money in, and you can play a little game in there with it. (laughs) Um, And that's what does it for him. He, he wants to see the numbers get bigger. He's someone who enjoys idle games that you can just kind of watch the increments get bigger and bigger and bigger. And it does it for him. And I think that's, that's the thing is just finding for me, what drives me forward is the social component for some people. It's just the, that sake of, of completion to some people it's because they want to play competitive and you need to have a painted army to go to tournaments. Mm. Um, it just depends. Find the thing that works. Luke, what do you have to add? Uh, (laughs) what do I have to add? Um, I am afraid my pile of shame is still very high, and I find it really difficult sometimes to find the motivation to get into it. Um, I think, as we said earlier, it's just about getting paint on a model and just getting the ball rolling. And if you can keep that going for a few days, you can generally find it much easier to keep it up. Um, yeah. Other than that, I haven't really found a system that works. I might try. <laughs> <laughs> you know the pain, don't you? You know the pain. Um, other than that, I might try to... Um, almost do like the diary of stuff that I've painted versus what I've bought or what I've got to paint. Um, but yeah, I think also now that lockdown's lifting and I we found a few other people around where we live to play with, um, that also gives a big motivation to get armies painted. So as well, you never want to be the one grey guy. No, in a group. No. And I think I think there are also like in-game advantages to having a painted army. I think they give you more. Yeah. Like 9e added that. Like you get an extra command point or something, right? That's the one. 10 victory points, right? If you're painted. Oh, yeah, of course, 10 victory points. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, I love that. When I first saw it, I thought that was fantastic. A lot of people complained, but in the wargaming community, people complain no matter what. (laughs) Of course. It it just encourages you to to do something. I lost my my game a few days ago by thirteen points or something like that. So that's ten points is a big deal, you know. Like there are many games where that's the difference. Yep. So and it's free points. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I just thought about it. A lot of armies tend towards numbers, right? 
um, you'll end up with a squad of 10 Marines versus like three Custodes or one Custode or yeah. 30 Guardsmen or like 50 Orcs. Whatever you're painting, this is something I used because after Inquisition died as a Codex, I switched over to Guard and I got super... I played Foot Guard because like, I really liked the idea of little, my little army men fighting whatever. And yeah. I got so discouraged because batch painting Guardsmen sucks. I, I, there's no other way to say it. Batch painting guardsmen sucks. I don't care how much you like painting. It's it's miserable. <laughs> but it was because I kept focusing on too much detail. If you're just playing to get a tabletop ready army, if you are looking at your models from the tabletop, not from you holding it under a light at your painting desk, you have your squad of 20 guardsmen who only have two colors of paint on them and one wash in a group they look better than they would individually. It's the same effect as a choir. You have 40 people singing, so that way the average ends up being much higher than the majority of the individuals. Um, and that is what kind of made it easier for me when I started dealing with larger squads of inf infantry. To a point I stopped caring. I just started painting them to get them painted, and I got good at painting. You get good at the basics. And then you speed up, and then you get the the payoff at the end. That was something that I did for me. I'm unfortunately that guy that must paint every model for hours and hours and hours. And you're, it's it's I shouldn't be a horde player. I just shouldn't. No, no, you <laughs> shouldn't. Really, really bad idea. <laughs> like, why do custodes. I play orcs? <laughs> you should absolutely just play custodes. But no, you've got to play orcs, of course. I am. I am mad. It's. Take this man's advice, because do not listen to to me. Do not spend like the the power sword I did yesterday. I spent several hours doing that sword, and it was on a Skitari like Vanguard Alpha, just a sergeant. Yep. <laughs> so that model so in total cool. must have been five hours on a on one nine point scrub. <laughs> <laughs> like, he might be more now. They just got buffs. We'll find out in a couple true. weeks. Uh, that is true. That is true. <laughs> they'll 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 probably be a little better now, maybe. So yep. Mm, good point. Actually, one, one last thing I'd say is on this subject of keeping your pile of shame down. You see loads of people um, that are buying huge quantities of models and they're like, yeah, I bought my 3,000 points of this today. And there's a, this ginormous pile of boxes in their Facebook post or whatever. And the trouble is doing that is such a bad way to buy the models because so so often they never get done. <laughs> it's in my experience, it's a way better idea if you simply decide to buy a box of models that you really want at that time. Because if you buy hundreds of models, your motivation is going to wane on them. You're gonna like this is a great idea right now. Yep. By the time you get around to them, you're gonna have sort of lost a bit of motivation. So if you buy a box you really want in that moment, it's five guys, ten guys, whatever, or a tank, like it's one model, do it. Do them. Do what you really want in that very instant. And then when it comes around to the next models or whatever, buy that box next. So you can still go and buy the exact same amount of models as you would otherwise, but buy them sort of slower, one at a time. So you're doing something that you're really super hyper fixated on. And yep. if, if it does change, so like I'm painting my orcs or something, and then I think, oh, Imperial Knights are amazing. I really want to do my Imperial Knight. Then do it, like switch over. Just do yep. it in the moment. Jump back to the old project. Do it because, like you know, that motivation will go again. So make the most of whatever motivation you have at the time and you really want to do and you're going to love, because you all enjoy painting more. And like we've spoken, you keep painting more and more and more. Yeah, and I think 
for even for like building armies that way. Even if you're doing like a horde army like foot guard, as you said, if you buy a box of guard and then you get them painted up again, then you go out and buy another box of guard, you've got that joy of going out and getting another box of guard. If you already have everything, you're like, well, I've got all this. Bring you get them the back f- again, and then hundred quid at once in GW. You just spend mm. thirty. <laughs> right. It also makes the hobby just a lot more approachable. <laughs> it would. <wouldn't> it? <laughs> <laughs> Buy the ones that you and you're like, you see them on the box. You're like, oh, they're, cool. they're going to spend painting them. Even if you spend a lot of time playing, they're going to spend even more time on your shelf. And now moving on to our mucking about section, the section where we talk about anything that doesn't fall into any other conventional category. So today we will be talking about social media and general community engagement. With Nick here, it seemed like a really obvious thing to talk about a little bit. Yeah. Um, the Warhammer community is big. I think that's that's easy to say, right? Um, it is by far and away the largest wargaming community and one of the largest tabletop communities at large. And despite that, it can be very hard to find people sometimes. Um, unless you have like a really active or you live in the UK uh, really active (laughs) local scene there is always big pockets of the community that you can find that can make it a lot easier to find people to play with even if it's not in real life doing it via tabletop simulator and stuff like that the bigger part about the community is finding some place that you like because you can find people to play with anywhere it's just a matter of if they shower as the the old uh, the old <laughs> old bugbear tends to go, um, I don't run anybody yeah. stinky in years. But um, in the case of our community, right? Like we've been. I joined the server when it had thirteen hundred people about four years ago, and the mod team was inactive, and it was very much the uh, the four chan crowd that people so often associate with Warhammer. And I made moderator there. And ever since, we've been working on making the community far more accepting, far more uh, inclusive, which I know that that's a word that gets some people fired up because reasons. No, we're, but... we're Unilevers, so that's good here. We like inclusive things. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's finding a community that you like is one of the biggest things you can do to keep your engagement in the hobby going. Find a place that will like they won't just shit on you for finding out that you play Tau, like is has been so common in the past. All factions are valid, come on. Like, <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, and that's the problem, right? It's been such an issue in the past that I've watched people walk away from the hobby because they got por- treated poorly. That was a lot more common back back mm. in the day. Now it's, it's far, it's less far less common. Now. Yeah, thankfully. yeah, I think as the hobby's grown, it's become less of an issue, definitely. Yeah, that's kind of the good thing about it's the good thing about the hobby growing. There's a lot more fresh blood, a lot more new perspectives, and slowly the old angry people who have not actually liked the hobby in the last 10 years but stay around it because of sunk cost. <laughs> they're drowned out a bit now. Yeah. Yep, they're start starting to lose their platforms. You're starting to see new YouTubers and stuff growing, new channels um, that are... New podcasts. Of, yep, new podcasts. <laughs> new Discord servers. Yeah, um, yeah, plug ourselves for a bit. <laughs> yep. This podcast, Grotten Guardsman, I heard about it. It's really cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess social media, where you go really is going to, it changes a lot. Personally, I, I stay away from Facebook like the plague because it is. 
in my opinion. <laughs> but there are a lot of really good Warhammer communities on there um, because it's a it's a niche interest rather than you know the broad vacuous platform that is Facebook. And those can really help you find people to play with, people to hobby with in general. Well, it's it's I think it's important to sort of discuss because, like many things, doing something with friends makes it way better. Mm-hmm. Oh <laughs> yeah, there on your own, yep. it's you're going to run run out of. Um, oh, sorry, you're going to run out of interest. But you know, when you're talking to people, things keep coming to light that you'd never even considered. There's going to be fans of a faction you've barely heard of, and then they'll be like, "Oh, read these six books; they're really cool." And then you'll read them, and they'll be amazing, and they'll just things will keep coming and coming and coming, like really cool. And then you'll enjoy the hobby more than you realize is possible. That that specific thing, right? Um, I assume if someone's listening to this, they have a pretty good understanding of what Warhammer is. But I have forever, forever in a day, everything in Warhammer is cool. It's just a matter of whether or not you are interested in that type of cool. Right? Is it is it your um, cool? <laughs> exactly. Like Eldar are or Eldari are yeah, if you're using um, you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are a fallen race of a once ascended civilization who are functionally space necromancers who gather up the souls of their dead to power robots. Like <laughs> It's badass. How is that? How it's how is that cool. not badass? Right when it's put into like into context, where like what people say is like, oh, it's just space elves. But when you talk to people who like stuff, I think that's it. I think that's the point I was trying to make. Find people who like the hobby, and I mean like people who like the hobby, not people who are upset with every release. People yeah, who yeah. are like, well, my army sucks. I'm I'm just gonna sell, or even better, I'm gonna light my army on fire, like that one dude did with twelve thousand dollars worth of Darth Eldar oh. at, the, at the launch of Eighth Edition, because he was like, I'm gonna show Games Workshop. I'm gonna burn all the money that I already gave them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give them all this money and then uh, show that I shouldn't have. But yeah, <laughs> just like. Talk to people who like things. I guess that goes Mm -hmm. to life in general, not just Warhammer. Um, But if you talk to people who like the stuff that they're doing, like I could go on and 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 on about Admech, Guard, and Inquisition. They're they're my most interesting factions to me. And I guarantee by the time you'd finish talking to me, you'd probably like them a little bit too. If you talk to an Eldar fan or an Orcs fan, or I believe, I don't remember what army you play. So I'm Luke, and I'm a guard player, and a marine Guard, player. okay. Marine and guard, yeah. If you talk to those people, you'll end up liking it. Even if you don't collect it, you'll learn more about it. Every faction has had a lot of work and effort put into it by Black Library and GW and the various Codex writers to make everything really, really cool. It's all ridiculous, but it's really cool. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and those people will definitely when you find those groups those communities whether it's my really cool discord server or anywhere else it'll really just kind of keep you going far far longer than you probably could by yourself or maybe you'll be a self-starter who can gladly just you know sit sit home alone paint your models and run little games with you you and maybe one or two friends but being in the wider community definitely brings something completely different to it like you said doing things with friends makes all the difference in the world I can wax on about the hobby forever. Just stop me whenever you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're good. This is what the session's for. It's lovely to get your perspective on this and a bit more understanding and how you've interacted with so many people in, in this massive Discord. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. You've got something to say, just say it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very passionate about this stuff. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Warhammer yeah. 
is a it's a great outlet. It very much saved my life when I was in a really dark place a few years back when I got back into Warhammer. I'd gotten hurt while I was in the Navy and lost my ability to paint for a while and had to pick up pretty much everything because I got nerve damage in my arms. So after 15 years of consistently painting and being like to the point where I was like competition level painting, I had to start over fresh. Ooh, um, really sad to hear that, man. Yeah, well, <laughs> to a point, it was it's life. I try not to dwell on bad things that happened, but it was also mostly my fault, if we're going to be entirely honest. <laughs> um, well, but what, what it was... Uh, you don't mind me asking. Um, so I'm an electrician. I was an electrician while I was in the Navy, and I was working on a high-voltage power panel, um, which serviced the radar dishes on my aircraft carrier. And normally, like, I think you guys over in the UK have 220 volts, right? Uh, for your outlets? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, we Anyways. are <laughs> possibly looking for one there. Um, we'll go yeah, I can't remember now. 215. <laughs> so, yeah, that'll be, that'll be 220 then. I was working on something that was 440. Um, your Ooh. outlet will be 220 and, like, 60 hertz. The one that I was working on was 440 and 400 hertz. Oh, really? um, 50 hertz, right? Lower yeah, yeah, something like yeah. that. So that's, that's and big. <laughs> uh, yeah, big power, big power, spinning the giant radar dishes. And uh, I was working on it live, which you're not supposed to do because electricity kills you and it hurts the entire time you're dying. But <laughs> I was working on it live because we—that's a whole different story. We were super overworked. That's the U.S. military in a nutshell. But um, I was working on it, and I was up in a remote corner of the ship because as big as the ship is, there are places where people don't go. Um, very regularly, and someone was walking by, didn't know what I was doing because he wasn't an electrician, and he bumped me. Not on purpose, he didn't shoulder check me, he just bumped into me, and that was enough for me to go to catch myself to try to grab the corners of the panel, and I laid both my arms directly across the the power contacts. Ooh, and, uh, oh, because yeah. the uh, boats are ungrounded systems, they don't have a safety ground because they're in water. Uh, yeah. so it didn't short and then blow the fuse. It proceeded to use me as a part of the circuit for a little while. Um, I then woke up on the ground. The only reason why I'm alive today is because presumably my legs buckled after a little while, because what happens with high voltage is your hands clamp up yeah. because the, the muscle muscles fire and you can't let go and, yeah, yeah. uh, woke up on the floor. Yeah. Arms were charred black end up surviving through. Sheer luck. I there's some sort of serendipity that took place. I uh like uh odds of living in that situation were abysmal. Pretty like cool. guardsmen's odds of surviving their first eleven hours. And uh <laughs> it left me with a pretty not serious. I'm not I don't I'm not like in constant pain or anything like that, but I have super shaky hands now. So I've had to learn different techniques. I've picked up airbrushing because that makes it a lot easier because I can spend time masking things rather than having to worry about being ultra detailed. And it I think I'm honestly my models look better now because I have to spend more time on them. Well I have a huge admiration for your dedication there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah wow. Big getting respect. back into the hobby, definitely, and then getting into the Discord all kind of awakened a part of me that I thought was gone from my time in the Navy. And that's kind of the, the positivity that I'm talking about with communities. Of course, that was a community I kind of shaped from the ground up. Once I got moderator, I slowly worked on uh, fixing things. 
yeah. getting a lot of the other mods who didn't do anything and weren't active, weren't positive members of the community themselves, and re- getting them replaced with people who actually cared, and then slowly building it up from 1,800 people, I think, when I started, to where we are now. I'm, I started off as a, a nothing user at 1,800. I bullied my way onto the mod team, and now, four years later, I'm one of the admins, one of three admins, one step below the owner. And Great. we're at 13,000 13, people. And I think we've built something that's kind of special in our little corner of the community because we've scared away all the people who suck. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right about the positive outlook because it's something that we try to do here. You know, like when we look at the new news and things, rather than just going, oh, this sucks. Like, when is this going to happen? We uh, try more to space say, I try to say, yeah, I try to say this is something I like. I always yeah. try to find, you know, I try to be looking at something and say this this bit here is something I love. Even if there's other bits I don't like, that you should always be looking for things that you do enjoy. Yeah, I think in the same way, if, if you look for something, if you look at something, you can easily find something you don't like. You can also very easily find something you do like. Yep. It just takes, it's just a matter of mindset. With <laughs> what your default is, the closer you get to making your default positive, the better your life will be my opinion but that's starting to get into some philosophical stuff well i think it's a fantastic outlook but yeah maybe we should move on to the other point we were gonna make um which is how would you go about finding opponents if if you were looking for new opponents people to play in the hobby i'm sure there are lots of people that started in lockdown and now don't really know where to find games if you wanted to find games or find people to interact with where do you go so finding games is something i haven't done in a long time but I do witness a lot of people finding games, so I'm secondhand experienced at it. <laughs> um, depending on what type works. of games you want to find, right? There's a, there's a lot of Warhammer out there. And a lot of people think when they talk about finding the games, like, oh, I've got to find a tournament, or I've got to, have to go participate with the people who are really good at the game. But something, I remember GW put out a survey a couple years ago where they figured out how many people were playing competitively, how many people were playing casually, how many people beer and chips Warhammer versus tournament Warhammer. And it was something like 70% of the community just played casually at their LGS or at home. So the way that I always found to find good people would be to, if you've got an LGS around, see what sort of events they have. Even if it's a tournament, LGS tournaments will be very different from like nationals and stuff like that. Find a tournament or a, a casual game night where they're going to be playing you know 40 point kill team or whatever and just show up talk to people find people who have similar interests kind of going back to the whole positivity thing find some people who look like they'll be fun to talk to and then play with them and barring that hop on the facebook groups for your local areas if you if there's enough of a presence that you know about warhammer there and you started collecting it there odds are there's other people around too and if there isn't a community make it start sharing it around um, those things grow. All it needs is someone to be the seed, typically. But you that's really always point, the best way to do it. If you're passionate about it and you like it, and it's not there, make it. Make your friends. Like play kill team. That's the good thing about Warhammer. You can play it at any point level now. Now that kill team, I have my my bugbears about kill team, but the system works well. And especially for if beginners. you have, uh, especially for beginners, um, <laughs> it's uh if you make two kill teams simple doesn't have to be anything ultra competitive though i don't know why you'd play competitive kill team um (laughs) (laughs) you're missing the point at that point (laughs) but um (laughs) the uh if you make two kill teams make a space marine kill team and make one of the aliens one of the xenos one of the ones that you like and badger one of your friends into trying it and then if they like it 
buy them a set of models or paint a set of models for them as a gift. And then now they're they're in the clutches of the hobby and they can't walk away ever again. And now <laughs> you've started to grow the the group surrounding you. You just post about it, say, hey, I want to get a game in together. And then you find somebody, hopefully. If not, just go up to the LGS, ask the owner. I'm sure people know it's around. And you'll find it if you look, has been my experience. Just a matter of being willing to come out of the shell a little bit, which that can be the hardest part, especially, you know, the the social connotations of us being the nerds. It can be hard to <laughs> overcome that for a lot of people. It can be it can be really hard. I've seen a lot of people come out of their shells over the years and finding those good places for it, good people to do it with makes a big difference. And then of course, if you can't find anything locally, there's tabletop simulator. It's twenty bucks. Um it's dubiously legal, the models that exist on the uh on the Steam workshop. But uh I don't work for GW, so I don't really care. Uh <laughs> you can find games like servers we're affiliated with there are two tts tabletop simulator um servers that we're we're affiliated with each one is like twenty thousand people i think of all styles all games all types of games you want beginner games talk to them like there is huge community especially after the whole world ending for the last couple like year and a half or so oh yeah um that stuff has grown it doesn't it doesn't have the same doesn't capture the same feeling as the tabletop but it's it works and you can meet people who then you can maybe play with in real life too. Yeah, it's functional. Yeah, I think the one point that I'm really glad you made um, is that finding people that you get on with quite well, because there's, yeah. like you said, there's loads of different Warhammer. If I am someone that is one of, you know, <laughs> one of these crazy people who want to go as competitive as physically possible, then <laughs> make sure you're finding other people like that. Don't, you know, don't just don't jump in with just a random beer and chips Warhammer group because. They're not going to enjoy it, and you're not going to enjoy it. Just, yep, like you're... beating the crap out of the same guy's like favorite collection each week isn't going to provide you different games. It's not going to get you better. So don't do that. Go and find a competitive group that have a similar mindset. And if or you're... swing down, like be willing to make be willing to make a yeah. suboptimal list. Yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah, definitely. You should it will never have a game with your opponent without discussing what kind of thing we're <laughs> playing here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You should have an idea of what kind of strength you're looking at. Like how 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 much are you you know bending the rules around and putting loopholes and stuff? Because <laughs> to, to the best games, and especially like as you look into running battle reports and things, like we're looking to do some good battle reports. And something that I think is really pinnacle if we do good ones is going to be having really good balanced armies because the game won't be interesting to watch if it's just turn one kick the crap out of someone. <laughs> It's so, just going to be yeah. boring. It's a big thing. A lot of people will kind of end up crapping on competitive players because there is always that guy. And that guy leaves a bad taste in people's mouths, even if they never met him. The There's a lot of competition Warhammer. And like some of them are, most of them are honestly really cool people who are very passionate about the hobby. And they're great people to learn from. Fantastic people to learn from. And most of them understand that not everybody's trying to play to their level. Um, so even if all you can find is a tournament, just go in and have fun. Before you go in, talk to people. Like, yeah. go to the first tournament and just, like, walk around and ask people. Most people won't mind, because most people are like us, nerds who are just Very really, really passionate, passionate <laughs> yeah. about it. And I think for um, a lot of people, it'll be an excuse to talk about their armies and what they're doing. And yeah. Just get some he's going to... 
you ask him, he's like, oh, so what is what is this happening? Why why do you have four hundred scouts on the board? <laughs> <laughs> um, and the person will. Just like me, if you ask me about Mechanicus lore or my own homebrew Forge world, I'll rant for hours about it because I, I I adore it. I've consumed every bit of media GW has about it. Those guys are just as passionate about what they're doing. Otherwise, they wouldn't be spending the money on it. They wouldn't be there doing it. It's not like there's international prestige to be won. They're doing it because they like it. And yeah. if you show that you're interested, even if you're not as interested in the hyper comp competition side of things, Odds are, just like we were talking about the races earlier, or the factions earlier, if you talk to someone who's super passionate about competitive, you'll start to see that side of it a lot better. And you'll see that they're not all sweaty. Yeah, at the end of the day, <laughs> it's just a different way of playing it, isn't it? It's yep. uh, just as valid as more fluffy types of gameplay. It's just a bit different. You can have passion for both of them, yep. to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Separately or together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, one final point, sort of thing. Um, yeah. Are there any do's and don'ts, maybe, you think, when you're meeting up with people that you don't necessarily know very well <laughs> and you're playing a game? Oh, oh, man. I feel like it's, it's worth talking about because apparently some people still need to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, and that's good, honestly. It, everyone should hear it because yeah. I'm sure you guys, you're familiar with XKCD, right? The comic, the web comics? He's been doing it forever. Um, he has a, a comic out there. It's called Today's 10,000, which is, statistically speaking, if everyone in the world has heard something, 10,000 people a day are learning about it for the first time. Either be like, oh, well, everybody knows that red cars go faster in Warhammer. Someone who's never been part of Warhammer doesn't know that. Hearing it at all is good. I, I'd much rather get a reminder of something I already know than have never heard it. Um, good point. Good point. But so, Absolutely but, agree. The number one thing, and this is just me, maybe, the worst thing that you can do if you're playing a pickup game with strangers or you're just like walking up to talk and hang out, don't touch their models until you ask. Please, for the love of God, don't touch someone else's model. <laughs> just ask first. Most of them will happily let you do it. But man, there is nothing worse than someone walking up and just like picking up one of my models. It needs to be said, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, Especially it's just an I've, etiquette thing. Yeah. yeah. If I've spent like 50 or so hours doing something super delicately, it's, I'm probably still going to say, yeah, have a look because I want to show it yep. off. But yep. the level of panic when I see someone go for that, it's going to be like, whoa. <laughs> I had someone, um, there was an old Inquisition model, Inquisitor Lord Karamazov. He's a he's basically oh, yeah. a, yeah, yeah. We love a grumpy old man riding a dreadnought. <laughs> oh my god, what? His throne um, of justice. <laughs> yeah. And uh I had one painted to the best ability that I had at the grand old age of fifteen. <laughs> and um <laughs> someone picked it up without saying anything. Because he'd just been killed and I set him off to the side. And guy walked up and he went to pick it up and he Im immediately flubbed it. Oh, and no. metal models hitting the floor works differently than the modern resin or plastic models hitting the floor. Yeah, metal dents. And when oh, metal dents, the paint cool. on top of it peels. I was devastated. <laughs> I fixed it. I don't and the guy was models. mortified. Like he was absolutely mortified. He did not it was it was a freak accident, but it's the worst thing that can happen. It will ruin someone's entire night if you chip their paint or 
maybe you didn't wash your hands well enough and something smudges or something mm. like that. That's my that's my number one hobby sin outside of just being an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you make a really good point there. Yeah. So yeah. But what about you guys? What's your uh well, I th- one I experience that makes a really big deal is, is is the one we already spoke about, where it's just a simple case of say, what kind of Warhammer did you play? Like, yes. can I bring a load of absolute garbage that you'll kill horrifically? And if the other person's like, maybe don't do that, <laughs> or or okay, but I'm gonna like downgrade my list a bit. That's that's something you have to do. So that's that was the point that I would have made, but we've obviously just discussed it a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, know who you're playing with and why. Mm-hmm. I think it's the the etiquette rule there. Definitely, yeah. definitely. I'm tr- trying to think if there's other other like really big faux pas in terms of the social aspect. There's a lot of rule bit like rules aspects of like kind of being a bit of an ass. Like, yeah. oh, I'm I'm only fifty points over. It's not it's not that. It's just one. It's just one night that it, it's just yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little etiquette things like that, but those are things you really only learn by playing the game because the rules change depending on little rule things. With. Yeah, that's yeah. not really what we're talking about. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think about like what are it's really also worth etiquette. sometimes maybe sort of um, agreeing a point where you both need to be finished by. You know, yes, <laughs> someone's Ooh, yeah. like, oh, I need to be home for bed, or I need to collect my kids from somewhere, or I've got this thing. <laughs> where where do my kids go during the day? <laughs> where, well, where you know, like I have definitely. I'm maybe that guy who sometimes brought 200 orcs to the table, and even though we both love it, like my movement phase is not quick. <laughs> no, nope. even if you're using trays, it will even, still take yeah, yeah, forever. with trays. So it's so I'm like, okay, so you're you're telling me that we've got eight hours. Let's go quick. <laughs> That's maybe something you know. Agree with your opponent because you don't want to be in like the middle of turn two and then realize, oh no, we've not been we've not been looking at the time, maybe. So that's that's a good point to make. Just maybe yeah. consider time limits. Yeah, and if I you're the one with the limits, remind people along the way. Mm-hmm. Don't be like, oh yeah, I've got to leave at eight at the beginning of the game. And then you guys get super into it, and then seven fifty rolls around, and you're like, all right, bye guys, and you start packing up your models. Like, whoa. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good point. I think for me, one of the biggest things is just being a good sportsman as well. Like yes. if there's if there's some minor point of contention, don't fight it tooth and nail because it just people aren't going to like you for it. It's that simple. Nope. It comes back to I you. I think you're also going to ruin about. your own evening. Yep. Yeah. If you get right? war- it's little plastic soldiers, man. It's not worth getting upset about at any point. Yeah. If Unless someone touches my models. Cheating, <laughs> if somebody's just obviously cheating, just. No, don't get through them. the night. Don't play them again. Leave. Yeah. yeah. Ignore them. It's, I, I have had those people, but yeah. I guess there you go. Don't cheat. Uh, it's a uh, game of yeah. luck. There are going <laughs> to be good days. There's going to be bad days. <laughs> you make a great point there. Of course, don't cheat. Like there's there's no need. <laughs> and like you can't subtly cheat in Warhammer. It you you can't. Every there's like three things that you can do to cheat. One of them is having too many points on the table. One of them is rolling your dice too quickly and pretending to have rolled things differently than you actually did. Mm-hmm. And what else? What's another big I, I would argue quite a... Well, I don't know how big it is because I haven't actually played all that much, but one that could very potentially happen. You're not going to know all of the rules of all of the factions. Oh, Just kind of like there you go. slightly tweaking <laughs> yeah. or making up rules. I was going to say, the, like, the three oh, things... Oh yeah, my that... faction can re-roll these re-rolls that no other faction can. It's like, okay. 
you sure? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Check it. No. I've seen it no, rounded into three categories. You've got the yeah. category of like fake list building where they've got too many or a certain combination that's not allowed in their list. Or it's a sleight of hand thing, like a slight tape measure move. Yeah. Uh, or all the dice, like you said, or the final thing, Wrong. which is, yeah, it's a, it's a rules knowledge thing where one person doesn't know the faction rules or something. And you're like, ha. So, but that in all these cases, new people unfortunately and it happens accidentally as well this is something yep. you have to bear in mind there's so many rules unless you for a full-time job just read 40k things <laughs> you're not going to know them all absolutely hell. not <laughs> hell the rule writers don't they don't they really don't <laughs> it's so easy to get things mixed up when i played admech in seventh edition there was almost not a single turn that went by where i did not forget to do my canticles like yeah, I just yeah. never ever could remember it. I had a flow chart on in the back of my codex to try to remember it, and I always forgot. But we played casually, and the guys were like, "Yeah, just roll it now, whatever." Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. It comes back like to being a good sportsman. Just if yeah. somebody's obviously made a mistake, you give them the benefit of the doubt and say, "All right, just re-roll it if it hasn't affected anything too much." And yeah, just be nice um, about it. In um, I I know it was in seventh. I don't. I haven't owned a like core rulebook since seventh, but seventh had oh, a wow. specific rule for, um, for resolving disagreements, which it was actually, yeah, it was the yeah. four up, right? Uh, yeah, it was the yeah. the basic idea. If there is something you disagree with, like you think that mm, that that template would have landed, that grenade would have killed that space marine, but the other guy thinks it doesn't. Don't spend time arguing about it because it's just going to ruin your game. Decide evens and odds or high or low for each of you. Flip a coin, roll a dice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the other accept day, actually, it and move yeah. on. <laughs> I, I had that instance literally in the last game I played with someone. And like, we had a, yeah, genuinely I thought, oh, this is in range or this isn't. And we were like, oh, well, well you know, we'll just roll, whatever, move on. It, it really doesn't yeah. matter at the end of the day. Or, or most of the time, one person would just say, oh, well, whatever, just do it. Like, I don't yeah. Care. <laughs> And that kind of goes along yeah. with the playing with positive people. Most people, like if you're playing with it's good people, true. they're yeah. not going to care, unless it like if you're a good person and they're good people. Nobody, nobody's getting gamed, so you guys can just like make stuff up on the fly, whatever flies in your in your group. Very okay, well, so. I guess uh, that's that's everything I had to say. Do you guys have any other final comments while we're still talking about like social media or engaging with new people or playing the game with people or anything on that sort of topic? Well, I didn't I have a huge amount to say on it in the first place, so <laughs> I think <laughs> nothing from me. The only thing I would add, and it kind of builds off of the stuff I've been saying this entire time, because I'm a, I'm a passionate nerd, is once you find the hobby and you like the hobby, become an ambassador for the hobby, because that's how we keep the hobby growing. And like, Games Workshop is doing very well now. They don't need our help in that regard. But by keeping people fresh blood coming into the hobby and being fresh blood yourself, you can make your hobby grow in a way that will benefit you most and in an indirect way benefit everybody. The hobby gets better when the hobbies get better. We all benefit at the end of the day. That's kind of the my last little thing. Just be a good ambassador. Teach people about the mm -hmm. stuff you like. Yeah, good thoughts. Like us saying be good sports will yep. hopefully go, you know, some sort of distance. So, yeah, lovely. So, for this week's Math Hammer segment, the part of the podcast where we talk about something statistics-based. It's not going to be a long one. 
But no. to start the podcast, we brought you our preliminary survey, which is where we just spoke to a few people, um, as many as we could at short notice, to just kind of get a feel for what the hobby's like. And I think that, that survey worked. But we want to do something that's bigger and better. We want to build up a database of as many people as physically possible. We want to see why you like the hobby and what army you're playing. Very simple, short database, short survey that will build this database that's hopefully going to give us a really good feel for why people like the hobby on a really basic level and which army you like. So this will circulate and we'll keep this going as a database and as a set of results that we can see over time. So we'll even be able to see how that's changed in five years' time. Have people stopped playing infections? Have people started playing infections? Have like has the has the hobby moved into more competitive or less competitive, or or tons of people just painting now and they don't care about the game and various things like that. So that's why we wanted to do a bigger, better, a real survey that would give us a good understanding of our player base and who we're talking to. So all we're really doing for Math Hammer this week is announcing that <laughs> and telling you <laughs> go fill out our survey so we have these great results and we will share them with you they will be available to you even when you fill out the survey you'll be able to see it in its current state uh to start with that's on our website if you go to grotandgarsman.com there it is it'll be there in our community research you can fill that out and see the results uh, at any point um and you can come back to that if you want to if uh you know if you listen to this shortly after it's released there might not be a lot of data but you can always come back and we'll fill you in on a future on several future episodes of the podcast. But also, you should join the Big Forty K Discord, and we'll put links there. <laughs> and it's very easy to find. It's Discord.gg/slash/Warhammer40k. We got a vanity link from our users. Enough people have boosted our server that we have a permanent vanity link, and we're the only ones with Warhammer40k. So it's very easy to find us. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Brilliant. Awesome. Yeah, so it's super easy, right? I don't know if there's a lot for you guys to talk about on this one. <laughs> uh, no, I was Not just particularly. Gonna say, I was just going to no. say, on our survey, um, or the uh, current survey that we've uh, either just about to or have just put up, it's very easy. It's three questions, uh, which are what you like about the hobby. So is that collecting? Is that painting? Is it gaming? Or some combination of all of those. Um, is what is your favourite army? So if you could have any army, you could only have one of them, which one would you pick? And then it is a multiple choice, which armies do you currently collect slash paint? So very easy, it'll take about half, a, half a minute. It'll take about half a minute to fill in, so if you could take the time to go to crottonguardsman.com and fill that in, that would be perfect. Yeah, really good. It will take 30 seconds of your time. And we will also try and circulate that through the various groups we know of. So as a uh, final section to our podcast, I wanted to ask Nick if there's anything else you'd like to talk about, a guest topic section, if you will. Uh, is there anything that we haven't spoken about that you really like about the hobby or anything that's piqued your interest and you want to just chat about? Yeah, so hmm, I'm trying to think about the right way to word it, right? So as you've probably gathered, I'm pretty passionate about this stuff. Um, it's important to me in a way that a lot of hobby, I feel a hobby should be to someone. Um, and Warhammer in particular has always been something special to me not because it does anything that you can't get anywhere elsewhere Warhammer you everybody can tell where Warhammer cribs its notes from in terms of themes and stuff Dune um, Star Wars Star Trek that all the tropes are there that have been well established by the the, the giants of the the fiction but the Even thing that's like cool about stuff, yeah. oh yeah absolutely because yeah. it's 
40k definitely has fantasy inspiration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, the cool thing about Warhammer, and it's something I realized a long time ago, is that GW's brilliant in how they, they did things. And I'm not someone who will shill for GW very much. I think they do a good job, and I love their hobby, and I will encourage people to do it. But I don't shill for the company. They don't need my help. Um, the big thing about Warhammer is that when you get into it, you don't need to go anywhere else for anything. When I first got into Warhammer in 2001, I think it was March or March or May, an M month, when the first Eisenhorn novel released, I never heard of Warhammer before. My uncle gave it to me. He was like, this is a cool novel. It's like a, a space James Bond. I was like, sure. <laughs> Which is a great, great novel. Yeah, It is. And it's really underselling it. <laughs> like a little bit, I guess. <laughs> but I was like, okay, that's really cool. Um, so who is this guy? He's he's in the Inquisition. What's that? This is right at the end of third edition, I want to say. After 20 years, it's really mm-hmm. hard to keep track of when the edition started and stopped. But um, I think it's yeah. end of third edition, right when Inquisition Demon Hunters were getting their codex. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. So I bought the Eisenhorn book and I read it and I loved it. Then I went looking and I was like, oh, this is a game? I can play this? I can be Eisenhorn? Dude, that's cool! Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was eight. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and I went and I bought some models. And who did I buy the models from? Citadel, Games Workshop. I needed to paint them. Where did I buy the paint from? Citadel, Games Workshop. And I bought the book. And the book came from Black Library, Games Workshop. And the Codex came from Games Workshop. And no matter what you're interested in the hobby, and this is why I love Warhammer so much, there's something for you, whether it's just the books or just the models. You don't care about the lore. You just think that Space Marines look really cool, which statistically is the most common opinion. Space Marines do look pretty cool. There's no denying it. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) um, No matter what, there's something for you in the hobby. If you are a book nerd, if you're a painting nerd, or whatever, if you want everything, like some people do, there's something for it, and that's the brilliance of GW. They make the paint. They make the books. They make the codex. They make the rules. They make the facts. It's all yeah. very tightly interwoven. At no point do you need to go away, which is not something that you can say for Star Wars or Star Trek. Their GW, for all their successes and failings, are consistent. And that is the best thing. Their paints are a little bit more expensive on average, but but their paints are never bad, with the exception of Korax White. But that's been the same <laughs> way for like as long as I've been in the hobby. Ooh, that's <laughs> a problem with chemistry, not yeah. Um, but yeah. their paints are consistently good. Their modeling tools are consistently good. Um, mm-hmm. You'll hear people talk about like how they had bad experiences with paint and modeling tools. There was a brief period where things weren't great quality consistently but that was like 15 years ago and you can get everything from the hobby and then you start participating in the community surrounding the hobby and that kind of reinforces this loop where anytime you start to like oh i'm gonna go looking for something about the hobby you are instantly redirected back to games workshop which is masterful (laughs) it's perfect for marketing it's perfect for community building and it's great for making money too which is important in this world we live in. Proof that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And all that, I've always just been so impressed, right? 
because as wild and antics filled as Warhammer is, it's super consistent. And I don't just mean like the lore, because people will point out exceptions to the lore. But internally, like if you read enough books, the, the, the world is very consistent. The world of Warhammer is very, very consistent about the things that happen in it and how they happen and why they happen. It's very believable, despite being so unbelievable. <laughs> and that's what makes yeah, it so magical yeah. to me. Um, but man, I guess all, all I'm saying right now is that I really love Warhammer. <laughs> it's not my only hobby. Um, please have more than one hobby. If you if you delve into it, you become one of the fandom people. Nobody wants to be one of the fandom people. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think we both do a lot of things besides Warhammer, but... For me, it's D and D. I run four. I run four campaigns every week. I dungeon master four campaigns every single week. Um, and then I run the herding the cats Warhammer server. Um, on my the rest of my time when I'm not working, like having the hobbies is super important. It helps you be a person. I've always found. Um, yeah, definitely. People that haven't tried D and D, do it. Like yeah, I God, fantastic, God. so much fun. Man, I've run many campaigns. They're great. There are so it's... many people I've spoken to that are like, now I don't want to do that. That's nerdy. They try it once and they're just immediately hooked. It's brilliant. they can never stop because it's so people, good. <laughs> they're like, oh no, that's antisocial basement nerd shit. I don't want to deal with that. And like, no, it's pretty no, much the opposite. The <laughs> <laughs> like, um, the D and D and Warhammer. The best part of it is it's not antisocial. It's it's literally a social event. You get it's together fun. with people. <laughs> yeah. If you're playing D and D by yourself, which there is ways to do that and have it totally be fun, that's not D and D. That's not the D and D that people want when they're like talking mm -hmm. about like, oh, I want to play a Dragonlance campaign or I want to do the Drizzt thing, Drizzt and um or any other the, yeah yeah standard yeah. roleplay yeah like that stuff it's it's magical and warhammer is no different this is a co controversial opinion hot take here um war, players who roleplay at the warhammer table i love them i absolutely adore them um well i don't or, think that's actually very controversial i think everyone dude, loves I, it <laughs> i have heard i have heard so many people over the years who just abhor it maybe it's just common in this area but man, I have heard so many people who like the next time that Imperial Guard players f screams first rank fire, second rank fire, I'm gonna punch him in the throat. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, oh god, I adore that stuff. Like, if you feel so energized about the hobby, now bear in mind there are limits. Don't be too loud. There are definitely limits. Yeah, you don't want to <laughs> but... screaming in the middle of a gaming club. But yeah. like. You're an orc player. Do, when you play in person, do you say "wog" out loud? Oh, every every game, every you game. Have to. It's like legally required, I think. And like, <laughs> it should be. If, if if so, you're playing with someone like that who gets like that excited about their faction. Like they put their models on the table and they're smiling as they're holding every single one. And like maybe they pick them up and they show you to them. We're all just a bunch of kids at the I end of the I day, no matter how old you are. Most of my orcs, like every time I play. good. Fantastic. Even, even in the podcast, occasionally I can't help but do the odd orc accent. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you probably heard me. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Space um, Marine! <laughs> it's just, it adds oh, such a good thing to the hobby. Yeah, yeah. But I was playing against my buddies, um, Cornate Berserker Army. Chaos, Chaos Space Marines with Corn Focus. Yes. Um, I don't think they were that popular in 7th, from what I remember. Um, they were popular for one reason. 
and that was putting corn berserkers inside rhinos and making the rhinos go as far as they can, as fast as they can, and then vomiting berserkers, which would then charge and make 120 attacks on the charge. Yeah, at, that's, at space that's, marine strength. That's they were super popular, popular in eighth at one point. They were uh, very popular for doing that in eighth at one point. I think party but, bus chaos was what yeah, my buddy man. did, and it, it was fun. It was I liked it. I love fucking. Uh, uh, sorry, swearing. Um, I love I shooting that. shooting down hordes of screaming men. It's just a, it's a great aesthetic. <laughs> and uh, he shot down one of my Valkyries because I was playing Imperial Guard. I had my wall of Lehman Russes and my two Valkyries that were just kind of flying around and yeah, yeah. gun line trying to stop the the horde of chaos. It was like a defense mission, and he fired a snapshot at my my zooming valkyrie it was it was fo- flat out double its move speed to go as far as possible can't turn and he fired a snapshot at it with his commander bolt pistol just because you can might as well if you're if you have if you have the attack and you can't shoot it anywhere else might as well, might as well yeah. he rolls hits hits on six um rolls to penetrate penetrates the armor so then you roll on the penetration table, and this is the this is the thing that really like sold the pre- prior editions to me. Penetration table has a bunch of different results for it, and they're from crew killed to engine out, weapons destroyed, that kind of thing. Okay. It kind of will tell its own story just based on a single hit. And I got crew killed. Okay. Which means that Valkyrie's out of the fight. The pilot's dead. Um, that Space Marine captain standing literally on top of a, a rhino that I blew up. Um. <laughs> Just leveled his bolt pistol as this Valkyrie is screaming in supersonic and pop the pilot in the dome. <laughs> <laughs> what a... Like, oh, imagine that. Oh. Like, we need to animate it. <laughs> and I was... So that's cool just by itself. Like, awesome. Like, that, that, that tells its own story right there. But what happened next, will, I will never forget. Ever. So, if a vehicle crashes, a flyer crashes... Crash and burn. The crash and it burn dies. Yeah. It yeah. dies at speed, um, and it was zooming, so it went really far. Uh, um, rolled for it, and how far it was going to go from its current point, and that blast template. That Valkyrie went down on top of his HQ that just shot him oh. down, <laughs> and it wiped out his entire command squad. It crashed into him. I rolled the largest blast with the most damage. And in my head, right, that guardsman got shot. That that naval pilot got shot. He it like blew a gaping hole in his chest, right? Holding on only by the will of the Emperor. This guy's like clinging to life, fluttering <laughs> in and out of consciousness, and he's like, Alright, motherfucker. <laughs> You're coming he, with me. Yep. <laughs> Like, and just takes the Valkyrie down, primes all the missiles, doesn't fire them though, just gets the explosives ready, and goes sailing into the Chaos Command squad that was getting ready to butcher my HQ, and takes them all out. There's like, they're all veterans of the long war, there's 50,000 years worth of experience in that unit, killed by a single guardsman who might not have even been literate. That just can't be replicated anymore. I think it it kind of can with Crusade. I think Crusade adds some things like this now that didn't exist in Eighth. Like Eighth wasn't great at that. 
Yeah, so, that's although, that's why I'm considering it now. But like that story and like the story from an earlier edition where we had the Battlefleet Gothic, the Kill Team, the Aeronautica games yeah. going on, all to determine the outcome of Apocalypse. Like the the level of rules granularity there, granularity slows the game down and is not for everyone. But yeah. it also enables those situations like my Lehman Ross is charging the enemy and it gets its main battle cannon taken out. So what's he gonna do instead? He's just gonna run some people over. <laughs> oh tank shot was amazing. I love that. <laughs> Death and glory when you were being hit by a land raider or something was hilarious. Yep. Um <laughs> great or challenging rules. My buddy always got his so good. He always got that damned chaos lord, berserk chaos berserker lord. Always, always, always. He would get him immediately to challenge my guard commander. And of course, my guard commander would get pasted every single time <laughs> with no question. This was always my orc knob in like every squad. The orc knob was just like, fight me! <laughs> um, except, and that kind of goes back to like the, the emergent gameplay, the rules. He, it was another another game. He challenged my guard commander and pasted him in a single attack. Just chain axe, dead. Sorry. Gar sorry, commander. Um, and then all that remained was one, uh, like, the the guardsman veteran in the command squad. So, like, a nobody. Even, like, the people with the plasma gun and the flamer and the flag all died. He was the only one left, and uh, I challenged, because he was the only remaining character in that unit. And he won. The <laughs> the, the Terminator, he was the Terminator Lord, I think, had taken enough damage through other things and then got challenged by literally a guardsman with his knife, just CCW. Didn't even have, like, any a power sword or anything like that. And I just... I rolled all sixes, he rolled all ones, and that guardsman killed a Terminator Lord with Glory a knife. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Hope he uh, got promotion after that. That's, uh, that's impressive. Yep. That's living saint kind of stuff to me. <laughs> We, we had yeah. something fairly similar in my game the other oh, day, like Garden oh. Hammer. And yeah, my my war boss had charged in with the pain boy to give him a bit of company. And um, let's just say that it didn't go well. My war boss, who was like souped up with his power claw and the biggest boss and the killer claw relic and all the warlord traits and the rest of it, he went in and he slapped at this Leviathan Dreadnought and he, he failed at the end of the day. And then... And then the Dreadnought squished him into a paste. And I did the fight against Strat, and he went again, and then again he failed to kill the Leviathan Dread. And then the Pain Boy, who's just like got a normal power claw and a few attacks, he was like, well, <laughs> I'll give it a go. And the Pain Boy emerged victorious and finished off this Leviathan Dread that had taken out half my army. And it was like, yes! <laughs> yes, give that man a medal. <laughs> yep. like, he did it. And I'd previously been saying, oh, the, the, the Pain Boy doesn't really do anything in this list. He's not worth bringing. And then he was like, huh, I'm going to prove you wrong. <laughs> and isn't that just the most orky shit? Like, it, oh, it is. boss is dead. I get to be the new boss. I'm the next biggest orc around here. You, fight me. <laughs> he had to prove himself by destroying the Levy Dread. And he did it. Like, oh, I love it. Yeah. It was it was a fantastic moment, yeah. So. And see now, this is specifically what I was talking about along this entire time. I could hear that you were smiling the entire time you were telling that story. I yeah, even I thought I was, yeah. Even before you got to the punchline, like where it really started to pay off, you were like, "Oh, but this one time, you instantly started smiling." And that is my favorite part of the hobby. Like that story, you know what happened in that story? 
like in actuality, you moved two models closer together. You rolled yeah. three dice, <laughs> and then he rolled three dice, and that was it. Yeah. But there's so much more in the actual narrative of it all, and that's where I think the game really shines, and why it I loved be prior so good to have Crusade again. You yeah, know, some Crusade rules. I love the idea of Crusade, but I think the just the way that the Crusade system, yeah, has given us like really narrative rules. Like you name all of your guys, you get experience, you get mm -hmm. like <laughs> you know each 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 guy is going to have a story that you want to tell each time, and that like like we've been saying, that's something that's just so valuable to your games. Yeah, I live for it. Um, there's actually one last little thing. There are a group of people who have been in Warhammer forever. They're called Heralds of Ruin. They're a fan-made kill team game that's been around for, God, since early 5th edition? Because 5th edition was the first kill team rule set that GW put out, and it sucked ass. It was really bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was just, it, it worked. That's about all I can say about it, though. Um, they took it, and they were like, well, that's a really cool idea. <laughs> And they fleshed it out, and they made their own game. It's still based; like they update it with the with each edition, and they adapt the new rules to it. Um, but there's so much because, like, GW is limited. They have to make mo rules for models that exist. Um, yeah, Chapter yeah. House made sure that that had to happen from now and forever. Um, but Heralds of Ruin is made by fans, so that doesn't matter. <laughs> um, in the Imperials alone, there's 38 factions. Everything oh. from Arbides oh. to Inquisition to just Necromunda gangs to Sisters of Silence, Talons of the Emperor, everything is represented that you can imagine. And then oh, awesome. on the Xenos side, there's another 25, I want to say, Xenos and Chaos. Um, and there's so many options. There's so many options. It's not perfectly balanced. I'd rather something be interesting than perfectly balanced myself. Um, and if it's, it's the totally one thing good. I can encourage people to try, it would be Heralds of Ruin. It it it's taken the best parts of the modern editions. They're actually just updating to ninth edition right now, and kind of brought the the cool cinematic battles that happen on the small small unit tactics of the books into a very fully realized thing. Because GW's kill team it works, but it really doesn't have a lot of customization at the end of the day. It's just whatever model, and then you give it a special class. Um, but because they're not restricted by models, you have a lot more, lot more stuff. And me being a, a hobbyist more than a gamer, pro gamer, um, <laughs> it's, it just scratches a very different itch. Uh, smaller units, like we played five verse five models with me and my buddy last time we played. It's a great way to test things out. And because it's all kind of made to rule of cool, it just makes for a very, very fun and interesting game that can be done in an hour rather than four. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just like to tell people about it. Cause those guys have put in so much effort. There's like a hundred codexes and many of well, them have even more stuff about, you know, <laughs> yeah. about custom rules and things like, yeah, we, we, we usually do our whispers in the warp section. Like you say, to add more fluffy scenarios, add more stories to the games. And they're on, uh, whispers from the warp this week, but, We'll be hitting you up next week, probably, with some more for your own games. And yep, yeah, tell us your stories. A... Like you've heard ours. <laughs> the best, the best story you've ever had in Warhammer.
whatever it may be, no matter how big, no matter how small. Mm-hmm. If you come to my server, ping me with it. I'll gladly hear about it. I live for it. Yeah. I wouldn't wouldn't run a server with 13,000 cats on it if I didn't. I still question why I do sometimes, but it's because I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, feel free to hit us up in an email or whatever from our website. It's always good to hear from people. So. Yeah, you that's really all something? that I got. Yeah, it's been lovely to have you. And <laughs> we hope to have you on again because I think you've had some lovely stuff to share with everyone. And Always happy we to. will see everyone next week. So thank you very much and bye bye. Yes, thank you very much. Bye bye.